Welcome everyone to the Hot Tech Hooligans Wrestling Podcast show with myself, Aaron, and Tom. Tonight, very special guest, good witch. She's not a bad witch at all. It's Kyle McKenna. How's it going? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing this evening? Doing good. well. It's a crazy <laughs> time in pro wrestling. And you, my dear, have been super busy. Now, we'll get to mm. all your outside. Just the past all, two weeks. Yeah. Out, Just the past all, two weeks. All of your outside uh, commitments in a second. But let's talk about real quick. You're recovering from an injury. Let's give everyone an update on where you're at. I know the last year was really tough for you after being ranked in the PWI 500 and climbing that ladder, and then the injury happened. So give everyone an update. How's it going? Yeah, it was not necessarily the best timed injury for sure. I was um, definitely on the uprise when it happened, but, you know, I just took the time that I needed to get it fixed so I could obviously come back better than ever. It's been a very long 10 months. My injury was a little complicated, and that's why it took a little bit longer than most people who have a shoulder injury. But um, I'm good. I did six months of physical therapy four times a week, like at eight in the morning, which was brutal because I'm not a morning person at all. Um, but I got cleared in August from physical therapy, and I got cleared by my surgeon to start getting back in the ring and hopefully to start having some matches come October. So just trying to not rush it, but but get my feet wet again. It's a very long time to be out of the ring and you don't ever want to be overly enthusiastic and re-injure yourself right off the bat. So that's what I've been very, very careful of, especially getting back into the swing of it the past couple of weeks. And kind of unfortunately for you, you know, you are in a profession where your body is where you make a living because you have to take the bump. So and there are tons of wrestlers, you know, we have people all the time. They're like, I just pushed right through it. But yours was more of those. You could not push right through it. So- I, I could not push right through it. I remember going home after I had the injury and, and I have a pug. I have a little pug. <laughs> I went to pick her up and I could feel my arm just like move out and back in just from the weight of like a small dog and I'm just like okay like there's something serious going on here it's not just like oh my labrum's torn and I can survive on 30 years like this so that's what kind of pushed me to go see a specialist and actually thankfully I did because I did have a big issue happening I had a chunk of bone that fractured like out of the top of my humerus like you know your big shoulder bone with like the ball that sits in the socket there was a chunk of bone that was missing off the ball which also happened to be where it would catch to keep my arm in place so there was nothing there was literally nothing I had no labrum and then I had that huge piece of bone missing so there was nothing to help Um, there was nothing that I could do except have surgery at that point to have that repaired so when you see wrestlers like a Cody Rhodes tough tough it through a night just to get one more match in after having a grueling injury like he did how much more respect for the business do you get uh I think everybody makes their own choices um you you, nobody knows your body like you clearly he felt that he was able to go out there and do that and he was in very very good hands but um it was one of it's one of those things where like sometimes you have injuries happen mid-match and you're like okay, is this something that I can finish the match and deal with when I get out? Or is this something that I cannot safely finish the match and I need to leave? And I remember when I had my injury, I I had I felt the injury occur and I was like, all right, dislocated my shoulder. Maybe it'll go back in. Because that happens. Um, you know, if you have dislocated your shoulder previously or even if it's your first time, it, it can go out and then immediately go back in. 
while the muscles are still loose. That happens. So in my head, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this move. If my shoulder goes back in, I'll just stay in the match and I'm probably going to be sore the next day or whatever. But it didn't go back in. And then I was like, oh shit. So um, at that point, like I could not move my arm, which it wouldn't have been safe for me to compete because then I could have injured another one of my opponents or another wrestler. And that, that's not fair to them, right? So I was like, okay, I'm going to roll out of the ring. and I'm going to see if I can, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> and, and it still would not go. And at that point, I just removed myself from the match because I felt that was more of a safety issue. I, I did not want to either A, exacerbate my own injury or B, injure somebody else because I was being stubborn. So, you know, I, I think people pick and choose what they push through and everybody's circumstances are different. But the big thing for me is like, even if I felt okay, like if I ended up injuring another performer because I was stubborn and I felt like I had to do something, I would feel so awful. So I didn't want to be in that situation where I couldn't safely perform as a wrestler, if that makes any sense. So besides the rehab and things like that to try to get back to where you were at, was there anything that you were trying to do along the way to try to at least um, keep your mind on wrestling and to keep to push through mentally on that part of it? I was really depressed and I didn't watch any wrestling for like the first three months. I didn't want to see it. It just, it made me angry. Like weirdly enough, it made me sad. It made me cry. It just, it made me angry that I couldn't be a part of it. And that was really tough, but you always try to like find ways to, and like the other thing that's really, really crazy is how fast everything moves now with social media. Right. So it's like, Oh, nobody's going to forget you. Nobody's going to forget you. And it's like three weeks past and it's like, Oh wait, who's Kaya again? And it's like, so, okay. How do I stay? somewhat relevant while I'm rehabbing this very, very major injury and I'm not going to be around for almost a year. So I focused all my energy into that instead of like being negative or being depressed about it. I was like, let me try to find different ways to stay engaged with my fans, to, to help out the promotions that have helped me out to stay around wrestling when I felt better, like to actually stay there and like keep my face around. So people know I exist. Um, and a big part of that was I spent, a lot of time this summer, over the summer and the spring on ring crew for GCW, which while I could not wrestle, I could at least see my friends and feel like I was still contributing to the business in some aspect. So it was just trying to find those sorts of things, right? Like, okay, how can I still be a part of wrestling, even though I can't physically be in the ring? So that was part of it. And then the other part was as soon as I could, I, I went back to the gym. Like I was in my abduction sling, like where it's like off to the side and I would ride the bike. And then I would go to the wall and I would like put my hand on the wall. So like, you're obviously very off balance when you have one of these giant slings on you. I would go to the wall and I would do like 200 squats, like, or I would hold a PVC stick and I would do like walking lunges. I would do like 250, 300 walking lunges. And then like, once I could start using my other arm comfortably, I would do like bicep curls, hammer curls, like dumbbell snatches with my left arm, just to try to keep my body moving. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't sit still. I couldn't not move. Like I had just as soon as I could, I immediately went back into the gym and that kind of gave me something to focus on as well. And you mentioned GCW, you know, we saw you at the Evansville, Indiana GCW show and you were working and you took the time out to take a selfie with my daughter, Quinn, and <laughs> gave her, yes. made, made her night. But I, recently, you know, down at StarCast, I saw you do the exact same thing. I attended the Black Label Pro show, and even right at the Black Label Pro show, I could see you kind of running around, making sure everything's okay. And then, of course, on Twitter, people started recognizing you for all your hard work. 
over the StarCast weekend and how you helped make things possible and kind of like an unsung hero. So how did you feel getting that notoriety from everyone? Well, you know, you, you show up and just like, hey, I'm here to help, you know, like whatever you guys need. And I very, very quickly was able to identify like, okay, this is my wheelhouse and where I'm going to be most helpful is making sure that the wrestling ring is ready to go and there are people there to do ring crew. And then that way everybody else can focus on the convention and the panels that are occurring in the next room's over. So I just kind of made that like my little spot for the weekend. And I was very lucky. I had Big Vin with me as well, who's kind of like the foreman of fuckery over at GCW for lack of a better term. Like he, he makes it happen. So I, I just was just there helping out. Like I just, yeah, it was, still wasn't cleared, but I wanted to be around wrestling and I wanted to feel like I was contributing and a part of something and just was another day for me. Um, but it was really cool to see like people recognize your hard work because sometimes it feels quite thankless. Like there have been many times where I've been like sweeping a bloody pile of glass and I'm just like, all right you know? so it's it's always nice to see people give you like the little proverbial tummy rub for your efforts and and it was really it made me smile really big and it made me even more excited to come back but I always encourage people to fall into those roles when they become available I think that it's valuable to learn about all parts of wrestling because just being in the ring is one part of this business like I have done everything I have refereed matches I have done commentary I have ring announced I have put rings up, I've taken them down, I've run the door, I've set chairs, I've done first aid, I've, um, oh my gosh, what else have I done? Clean up, and I've done time cues for matches, like I had one of my referee friends, Adam Galt, teach me how to do that, so it's just like the more that you can, I've, I've filmed, like the more that you can do, like you learn so much about all the different parts of the business and how you can be a better performer yourself. Like when you're doing time cues, it makes you more aware of, oh, okay, so when I'm wrestling and my match is eight minutes and the referee tells me I have four left, okay, I, I need to start moving to my next thing. And it just teaches you how to work within those constraints. Or like when you're filming, you suddenly become more aware of like, oh, I'm right here with my camera and nobody's doing anything. Let me let me remember like when I'm wrestling next time and I see the person with the camera to do something. So there's, it just, it builds your ring skills in a way that you maybe aren't, most people probably don't consider. Like it's definitely super helpful. Really dark. Let me put a light on real quick. I'm sorry. Okay, there we go. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> sorry, I was like, oh my God, it's like the sun setting is. But yes. Now, any of these other uh, like little uh, jobs and things like that that you've been doing, does any of it like spark any kind of a passion that eventually sometime you want to maybe dive deeper into any of those different realms? I would absolutely, when my time in the ring is done, I would absolutely love to be a promoter. I, I think there's a huge need in our business for more promoters who are very like professional and ethical and do things correctly like the ring is safe everybody knows where they're going everybody knows how they're getting there like people get paid you know like anything anybody needs is there the boys have water in the locker room like in your travels as an independent wrestler you see so many places where people just fall short for whatever reason and it's a lot of it is stuff that is very easily resolved and i always thought that like okay it would be so great if somebody did a promotion where it was done right like to a t like there was no shortcomings like there was nothing crappy happening like nobody was getting shorted or slighted or stranded like it was all handled in a very professional manner and it was a fun good place to work and the matches were booked and it was quality like 
I would love to do something like that one day for sure. You know, we talk about that a lot too. Um, we always talk about how it'd be cool to run one show just to oh. just do it. Right. <laughs> and uh, well, <laughs> but we talk about those same things that you brought up uh, because it just seems like a lot of indie shows that you go to local areas and whatnot, you can just look around and you go, there's no professionalism here. Well, it's a very um, so big it, undertaking, and I think a lot of people don't realize how many moving parts there are to doing a professional wrestling show until they try to do it themselves. Like, you know, you go, oh, well, how hard is it? I get a ring, and I get a venue, and I get wrestlers. And it's like, well, you've got to rent the ring from somewhere. Someone's got to put it up. Oh, your venue? Well, somebody's got to set chairs. Is there going to be food? Is there going to be drinks? Who's going to let people in at the door? Oh, you have wrestlers? How are they getting to your show? How are they getting home from your show? Are they from out of town? Where are they staying? Do they have flights? Who's getting them to the airport? You know, oh, and then people have to be paid and the venue has to be paid. Oh, maybe I'm streaming. Okay, now I need a production crew. Now I need somebody to do audio. Now I need a switcher. Now it just, there's so many parts beyond the building and the ring and the wrestlers. <laughs> and I think that that's where a lot of people, and I don't think it's an intentional fault, but I think that's where a lot of people generally, like it becomes very overwhelming and they fall short. Yeah, I, I'm dying to run a show. I, I am like, but there, but like you're talking about, I would think I would need to plan it out for about a year or more instead of just kind of go gung ho. I, I think we've made enough good relationships where we'd get some talent who would be interested in coming. Um, now, like you're talking about, are you going to make your money? You know, you can have all the talent in the world, but no one shows up to your show. It's, it's, is it still that great of a show? And I think right now with, you look at a lot of the independent promotions, they do like that direction, like you're talking about. They still think that this wrestler from this era is going to sell out this arena that it sold out 20 years ago. And I'll be honest, I knew GCW was going to sell out the Evansville Coliseum. <laughs> I knew that they would put some butts in that seat. Evansville is a hotbed for wrestling. It really is. And I'm really hoping GCW comes back. But you all also had the talent to pull that off. Now, if Tom well, and I... That's, that's not me. I, I just set up the ring. I do right. no back office anything there. I have no yeah. idea what's going on in that but, aspect. But, but there um, are also... I, just, I do grunt work. <laughs> yeah, there are also some local promotions that are around the area that could not sell that out. So I think, you know, a lot of planning goes into it. A lot of luck goes into it. Definitely a lot of money goes into it. Uh, so, yeah, I would love to see you run a promotion one day when it's all said and done. I, I've learned here recently, of, I think women have a better perspective sometimes on some things that are missing. Uh, some I of the think women that it's not even people. missing. I think that women sometimes, like, their brains work in a way of, like, I am aware I can't do all of this myself. Whereas like guys, I think are more likely to want to do everything themselves. So like, that's the difference I've noticed is like women seem to be a little bit better at delegating and going like, okay, I don't want to deal with this. So I need to have somebody take care of the money for me. Okay. I don't want to deal with this. So somebody, here's the book. Like, tell me who to book. Oh, I don't want to deal with travel here. Book my hotels. Like that's what I think helps make a promotion more successful and more functional is when you have people at the helm who are comfortable delegating and working together to get things done. Um, I really, I think it's really cool. Like have you ever, have you guys seen the women's wrestling army that uh, Maria Knallis is doing? I think that that's really awesome. 
Like it looks great. It looks, it's very professional. Like she's got a great team surrounding her putting that promotion on. And I think that's cool. I think there's definitely a space for women to be strong promoters or like Thunder Rosa with a uh, mission pro wrestling, right? Like everything she does is like down to a T like she's got it planned out. She has people delegated to help her. She's, she knows how to come in and get done what she needs to get done. And just watching women work in that space and like how much they differ from men is just so inspirational and cool. Yeah. In my opinion. yeah. And we also want to give a shout out, you know, Kinsey page and them down at flawless uh, run a pretty good all women show. And so do girl fight with Billy Starks and them. Uh, you know, there's so much great talent out right now that I think we're going to continuously see more promotions start to pop up all over because people are starting to get a passion for wrestling again. And especially, you know, we sat on our butts for two years, basically, as a society. People want to get out and they want to support stuff as much as they can. And so I think that there's some great moves still coming. I agree completely. Um, I just, I love that wrestling has grown so much. When I was a child, I would sit all week and wait to watch like superstars or wait to watch like Monday Night Raw or, you know, or Nitro or whatever, um, or ECW TV even, but you would wait and you had no idea what was going to be on it. Like there was no spoilers. And, and sometimes you didn't even know if it was going to be on that next week. You were truly at the mercy of the TV. And now there's like wrestling on every week. It's, it's more easy to follow than ever before, especially with like the growth in social media. I was talking to one of my friends the other day and it's like so crazy, even like YouTube, right? Like, so you're like, imagine how many matches occurred on the independence between like the years 2000 and 2006 that there's no record of that nobody will ever see because like camera phones were in like video, video on a camera phone was like crap. And like, there wasn't YouTube. You couldn't just upload your match or like pull a GIF out and post it on Twitter. Like that was not a thing. And I just sometimes sit and there's like, man, there's probably so much cool stuff happening and what we have no idea like there's so much stuff lost and and how everything is so preserved down to a T these days, right? Like literally every show has like photos and gifts and yeah, results, was, you name it. I was a huge tape trader back in the VHS. Okay. Days. And so one of my favorite things to always get was the ECWA Super 8s. Yes. Did you, did you know how many people had no clue what the ECWA Super 8s were? And they were just like, what? And I'm like, you don't understand. Like, this is some great stuff like and for a moment it was like the presidential inaugural ball of professional wrestling <laughs> certainly was that and then the tpi you know oh yeah you go back and look at some of the names from some of those tournaments and it's like wow okay yeah this was a this was a big stepping stone in that time period so looking at independent wrestling as a whole right now um it's definitely moving forward um what's what's been your experience from you know multiple promotions do you feel like that the sharing between talent and being able to go from promotion to promotion to make the money and make a living has been a lot easier well it, i think a lot of it's like regionally like where you're located right like when i'm out east in jersey there's like six or seven shows every weekend running 30 minutes to an hour apart from each other like it's not like you want to get booked, brother. You can. <laughs> um, I think some other regions do not have nearly as much opportunity. Like they have good, they have good places, but there's not as much, right? It's not as saturated. It's like I would say the East and the Midwest are probably the most bountiful when it comes to opportunity. But um, it's all like what you make out of it and where you're trying to go and what your goals are. And it's like, 
what you, uh, man, I'm trying to think of how to describe it. Cause like I had a strategy for this when I started wrestling. I was like, okay, like I know it's important to get reps, but I need to get something out of every show I do. What can I get out of it? Am I getting pictures that I can promote myself with online? Is it going to be streamed? Will I get on IWTV? Will I get, will I be able to take a gift? You know, like what is the benefit for me other than a hot dog and a handshake and a paycheck? You know, like how is this going to truly elevate my career? So I, that was always my question when I was taking bookings even very early on. I'm like, is this something that is going to encourage me to grow? And that's how I kind of picked and choose where I worked and what I pursued is what was going to present me with the most opportunities to grow as quickly and humanly as possible. <laughs> as quickly as humanly possible, I should say. Um, or magically possible because I am a witch. But I, I definitely think with how technology is now such a huge factor, a lot of new wrestlers should ask them themselves that question. Like when I take these bookings, how is this helping to elevate me? Like, is it just a rep? Is it just the paycheck? And like, that's fine too. Like if that's your jam, that's totally fine. But I think when you can start to get yourself into places that are serving you as much as you're serving them, right? That That's what's good. You want to have that sort of symbiotic relationship. Now, you mentioned it. Your, your character is called the Good Witch. And no, she does not put spells on people in real life. That's that's just not how it is. I mean, or maybe she does. I do. I mean, I so, am a witch. But, that's but where I, it comes from. I am I am a real witch. That yes, is not um, made that's up where, for professional wrestling. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's where that's where I wanted to go because you are actually a witch, and so I am one of one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about because I find it very interesting, and is the crystals because okay. you are a big crystal person and so this weekend Sometimes. we just went to, <laughs> we went to a big mall and they were selling a bunch of crystals and it's kind of one of those earth tones type stores yeah i, I think just, i've seen that so earth earth what is it like earth founder yes. I, I know what you're talking about i can see it i just cannot remember the name of it for the life yeah. of me so i was kind of wondering if i was someone who was needing a crystal for kind of good luck and patience in my life what kind of crystal would I need I would definitely well you said patience like that's the key thing because I think to me like luck and patience are a little bit intertwined like you've got to be patient for good things to come your way so I would probably just recommend to you getting an amethyst they're very standard they're widely available they are not expensive um but they promote a sense of peace and healing and it helps you like temper your emotions so you don't, if you're feeling like overly emotional, like I, I can be a little bit empathetic and a little bit um, emotional at times because I think, because I care so deeply about things and the people around me, it's not a bad thing. But I, I think that amethyst is very good for grounding you in that sense and like giving you some insight into your emotions, giving you the degree of patience that you should probably have, uh, protecting you a little bit from some negativity through that stability, right? Like if your emotions are stable and you feel confident and you feel protected, then you're, you're not going to be as flying off the chain. You're going to be more patient, you know? So definitely amethyst is something to explore for sure. It's, it's really great for just promoting a generalized sense of peace. I think <laughs> my wife is hearing this and she just sent me a text that basically like, like she just she just kind of sent me a text like we gotta get an amethyst. 
So yeah, it's amethyst is very interesting. It's 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 actually a form of quartz, um, and it enhances energy around you. So that's also really important to remember. It's it's good for creating a sense of peace. It's good for helping you have peaceful sleep and dreams because if you're not sleeping well, that can oh, make you that. distressed. Yeah, like if your sleep sucks, um, it's good for curbing anxiety, just generalized distressing. And like, you don't even have to do like meditative crystal work with amethyst to reap its benefits. You could literally get one, just go to the store and pick them up until you hold one that feels happy. Like, I know that sounds a little silly, but it's a thing. Like, you need to hold it and be like, okay, I like this one. You know, like, find one that speaks to you. And I just suggest people to put it near their bed, like, on their nightstand. Or if you don't want it visible, you can tape it behind your headboard, and it'll actually help promote peace and good sleep. It'll prevent your nightmares. It, um, it amplifies creativity. I keep one in my car when I wrestle because amethyst also has a lot of qualities that help you have a safe journey when you're traveling. So I do, I do a lot of traveling and it's just good for balance. It's a great beginner stone. I encourage everybody to have an amethyst. If you want to read more about amethyst, I actually do a good witch Patreon where I have crystal cards that I post up monthly that you can like go out and they're all, they're all like easy to source cheap and expensive crystals. So that's part of my little deal too. So how did you get into, I don't, I don't know what the correct word would be. Uh, uh, how would you get into your love for crystals and the witch, you know, aspect of your life? How did you get into that? My family are witches. My aunt is a high priestess. So I grew up around it. Um, I've always been witchy, witchy since birth. Um, and, and it just, was a part of my upbringing and just like respecting the world that we live in and respecting the flow of energy and drawing our power from the moon mother has always been something that's been very, very important and, and stressed to me by the other women, the other generations of women in my family. So when it came time to do wrestling and just like, Oh, what do you want your gimmick to be? And you know, everybody like tries to think of all this like super complicated crap and it's like, and they always say like the best, gimmick is something that's like a piece of you that you can amplify right like even if that is your personality right like even if you're just turning your personality up to like 11 um and I was like man I could be a witch I could be a witch this would be really cool and then it's like well there's tons of witches out there you know there's like sorceresses and dark witches and like you know but I'm like no but what if I was like a happy witch like a real a real life representation of a witch like what most witches are like not like this um very theatrical like very like i can't think of the word at the moment like not like this spooky scary like halloween hot topic type witch thing that people like have this idea of right but like actually just someone who is very very in touch with themselves and, and lives their life in alignment and practices to create a sense of balance and karma within the world and that's, I just thought it would be a cool thing to present that it would be different. I didn't see anybody taking that approach to the witch gimmick or the, the evil sorceress or the um, whatever, you know, the witchy girl gimmick per se, right? So that's what kind of drove me to do it. And it's not like, I don't ever feel like I'm acting. I feel like I'm just, I get to go be myself, like turned up a little bit, like, you know, turned up a little bit. But that's why I love it so much is it's just a part of me that I now get to share with everybody in the world of wrestling. So I'm always interested in things that I don't know much about. And, and that's, that's one thing that I don't. So where, like other than Google, where would I go to learn more about 
crystals and witchcraft and things like that. I mean, honestly, Google's a great tool. Don't laugh. I mean, there's plenty of witchy stuff that I Google too. Um, you can like look and see if there's any kind of like witchy shop or like apothecary in your neighborhood and they will have like beginner stuff if you want to start indulging in the practice a little bit. But like there's no real like right or wrong way to witch. Like everybody's got to kind of find their own vibe with it. You know, you see all these people on like TikTok and it's like they have these beautiful like ornate altars and like these huge cauldrons and they do all this like beautifully aesthetically pleasing crap. And it's like, that's great. But you can be an effective witch without any of that. <laughs> so it's just kind of like finding where you you fit in and like what aligns with your beliefs and your practices the most. Um, I definitely just encourage you to do some research into it. You can look in the books. Like I know Google's here. Google's great. But I, I like witchy books too. I always try to find like different books that have like spells or like different ways in which you can work with the moon or just books on crystals and their benefits. Like there's tons of those like all over now. So they're usually in the, um, if you go to like a Barnes and Noble, it's in like the new age section is where they hide all the good witchy stuff. <laughs> but yeah, just like, just pick a point and use that as your entry point. And then maybe as you get more comfortable with crystals and how they work, you can start looking into how to do some small spells or some rituals or, you know, finding other people locally. If you want to practice with a group or a coven, like, it's like any other hobby. say a hobby because it's like it's spirituality is not a hobby, but it is like anything else that you would become interested in or want to pursue in this life. You certainly just have to put yourself out there and do some research and, and find like-minded people. Right, I, and I think a lot of it is there's just so much misconception on things, and and I I love the way that you've kind of explained that to me tonight because I'm somebody like Tom. If, if I find something that interests me, I start researching it. And I really want to find out as much about it as I possibly can. And so to find out that maybe I need to find myself an amethyst to stick next to my bed so I can get some good night's sleep. Hey, I'm all <laughs> for that. And one of the reasons I can't sleep is because this one right here. One is the same uh -huh. you. She, oh, hello. How have you been? <laughs> well, that's good to hear. Always oh, all about night. some good energy. Yeah, except for at night when she screams out, dang. Well, I believe that's called the witching hour. The witching hour. Ooh, there you go. It's a real thing. The witching hour is a real thing. Um, I need one of those stones that help me sleep. Yeah. There that's, you go. Sounds you like you better get her an amethyst. There we go. Hey, bye. Bye. All right. Well, Kaya, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, of course. Thank you for having you me. Uh, tell everyone where they can find you at on social media. All right, my handle on all social media platforms is at Kaya MCK. So K A I A M C K. That's going to be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Patreon, you name it. That is the handle. The, anybody, anything else is not me. That is a bad witch, not a good witch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, you can, there, there are so many fake profiles out there. That's why we always try to have our guests explain exactly what theirs is. Because, yes, uh, yes. So mine is at Kaya MCK. And I am probably most active on Twitter and Instagram. That's where I try to post all of my daily business and my upcoming bookings. I have bookings again, so that's exciting. My bookings, um, my progress on rehab and getting back to the room. All of that's going to be very easy for you to find on Twitter and Instagram. I also have a merch store, kayamckenna.bigcartel.com. It's a little bit sad right now because I've 
been out injured and not produced new merch, but I'm hoping to put some fun stuff in there real soon as Halloween gets closer and my gimmick is thriving. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. For everyone out there, make sure you give Kyle a follow and check out some of her merchandise and for some of that come October. So thank you again for joining us tonight. For, for everyone out there, make sure you're doing what you need to do. Stay safe so you can go out and watch all the great talent perform uh, all throughout. And for myself and Tom, make sure you hit the subscribe button. We appreciate all the support as always. For myself, Tom, and Kaya, thank you all, and we will see y'all next week.